According to the Quran, the sacred text of Islam, the jinn are a race of mostly invisible beings that occasionally interfere in people's lives and possess their minds and bodies. The jinn of Islam grew out of earlier Mesopotamian deities and Greco-Roman daemons, but they also have a great deal in common with traditions of invisible beings and little people all over the world. The similarities between jinn, fairies, and 20th century aliens, for example, suggest that they may all be manifestations of the same phenomena, filtered through different cultures. The precise origin of belief in the jinn is difficult to establish. Some scholars place the origins of these invisible beings as far back as nature gods worshipped by the Sumerians, Assyrians, and Babylonians, while others think that the idea grew out of Arabian folk belief in demons who could take the form of animals. Long before the emergence of Islam in the 7th century CE, the nomadic Bedouin people living around the Arabian Peninsula are thought to have passed on belief in desert spirits and nature gods to settled populations. Evidence suggests that settled communities place great importance on appeasing these spirits for protection from their environment. German anthropologist Joseph Henninger proposed that some of these gods and demons were jinn who were gradually elevated to the status of gods. For example, Pazuzu was an early desert wind god or demon who may himself have originated from the Egyptian desert god Set the Destroyer. Like the jinn, Pazuzu was of great concern to settled peoples, but less so to nomads. Ancient Mesopotamian cultures believed in various types of spirits described as half-human and half-supernatural. Sometimes these demons had sexual relations with humans, just as the jinn were known to do. For example, the Rabisu of Babylonian lore, a kind of divine messenger that often brought ill fortune to those it visited, had the same characteristics as an evil type of jinn called a ghoul, including hiding in abandoned sites and jumping out on passerbys. Mesopotamian griffin demons were depicted with human bodies, large wings, and the heads of birds of prey. Others were portrayed with lion's paws, horns, and donkey's teeth. Lamashtu, daughter of the sky god Anu, was depicted more like a beast or a werewolf. Muslim artists later depicted the jinn in similar ways. Some notable representations of Arabian jinn gods have been found in the city of Palmyra in modern Syria, which grew prosperous through trade under the Roman Empire, and was influenced by many cultures along the Silk Road trade routes that connected the western and eastern worlds. Here it seems that the jinn were worshipped as protectors against storms and drought. The word jinn may also have emerged from Palmyra, although its etymology is the subject of debate. It's commonly thought that the word derives from an ancient root jan, meaning to conceal or cover with darkness, but it may also derive from the Latin word genius, the Aramaic word jinaya, and the Avestan word jaini. Belief in powerful invisible beings continued to evolve until the completion of the Quran in the 7th century, which merges the two main conceptions of these primordial jinn, the Arabian folk belief that they were desert spirits, and the Greco-Roman and Mesopotamian belief that they were demons occupying a higher plane than humans in the hierarchy of creation. Just before his death in 632, the Prophet Muhammad had completed writing the text of the Quran, which he alleged to be a transcription of the channeled word of God. 
This text provides us with the first explicit account of the origins and nature of the jinn in Arabic. The various types of jinn, or invisible beings, are referred to at least 29 times in the Quran. God is said to have created angels from light and the jinn from smokeless fire, before creating humankind from clay. For this reason, jinn are sometimes called the people of the fire, or fire spirits. The Quran includes a surah, or chapter, titled the Jinn, that appears to be written from the first-person perspective of one of these beings. The surah describes the jinn as male and female humanoids who live and die, form communities, birth children, raise families, possess intelligence and free will, and make moral choices. Jinn who reject Islam or cause trouble are considered evil, and sometimes referred to as demons. Like humans, the jinn experience emotions such as love, hate, fear, envy, and resentment, and their emotional outbursts are often key features of stories about them. Jinn are often divided into several categories, including the Jan, Shaitan, Ifrit, and Marid, among others. Sometimes different types of jinn are also grouped by color. While all traditions of jinn share some common elements, the names, behaviors, and capabilities ascribed to them vary from one region to another. For all their similarities to humans, jinn were also said to possess some extra abilities. The Quran states that Satan and his jinn followers watch you from a position where ye cannot see them. Jinn are normally invisible to people, or else disguise themselves as humans or other animals, particularly snakes and dogs. The most notable example of this, and the first jinn-human interaction, is that of Satan appearing as a snake in the Garden of Eden, as described in the Bible. To Muslims, this spirit was known as Iblis, or Eblis. The Quran states that Iblis is a jinn, while other scholars suggest that he is a fallen angel. Jinn are also connected to magic and fortune-telling, and have been since well before the 7th century. With their connection to heaven, Jinn could eavesdrop on God's plans, and would relate what they learned to soothsayers. It is said that the Jinn's homeland is in the legendary Kaf Mountain, which was believed to be found on the other side of the ocean that surrounded the human world, at the entrance to the spirit realm. Jinn are also known for haunting houses or abandoned buildings, roaming lost cities, and dwelling in deep places. Those jinn that live alongside of us typically keep to themselves, but are thought to occasionally interact with people, often emotionally or sexually, in both positive and negative ways. For example, the jinn were said to possess human beings, or to give them physical or mental disease. Malevolent acts have long been blamed on the evil jinn, the shaitans, ifrits, merids, and ghouls. Jinn are said to speak through and control the behaviors of those they possess, and can in some cultures be exercised by various methods. Even Muhammad was said to have cured a boy who was seized by fits. The prophet exercised a jinn by blowing and speaking commands three times into the boy's mouth. Jinn were also thought to inspire poets and other artists to produce work that was noticeably different and often much better than their usual output, 
much like the Greek concept of a muse or a genius. Even Muhammad was initially worried that his Quranic revelations were jinn-inspired. The Hadiths, a canon of third-party accounts of the Prophet's words and deeds, reference several of his encounters with jinn. For example, the Prophet was once praying in a mosque when he was interrupted by a large ifrit, only to send it away humiliated. In a notable tale in one hadith, Muhammad is carried up to heaven on the back of a winged horse-like creature. On their way back to earth, they are interrupted by an ifrit who threatens the Prophet with fire. The Archangel Gabriel then appears in the air and teaches Muhammad a prayer to drive the jinn away. In the centuries since Muhammad's passing, Muslim scholars have debated the nature of the jinn, often reaching very different conclusions. Scholars disagree on whether jinn and humans can or should interbreed, for example. They also disagree on the physical makeup of the jinn. Scholars of the Middle Ages believed that jinn had bodies with the density of air. The prominent 13th century Persian physician, astronomer, and geographer, Zakaria al-Kazwini, defined jinn as aerial animals with transparent bodies, which can assume various forms. He and others believed that the jinn could only be seen when their forms were condensed, but he noted that other freethinkers considered the jinn to be nothing more than unruly men. In the 10th century CE, a legend emerged that King Solomon, the third or fourth king of Israel, wielded power over jinn due to a magical sealing ring he wore. Under Solomon's command, the jinn were credited with building many structures and castles, including the first temple of Jerusalem. The Bible doesn't mention Solomon's workforce, but the Quran does make reference to a number of construction projects involving jinn, and it mentions that an ifrit once offered to carry the Queen of Sheba to Solomon. Following the efforts of Pope Sylvester II to bring Arabic knowledge to the West in the early 11th century, European intellectuals became gradually more familiar with stories of jinn. The prominent 16th century Swiss physician and alchemist, Paracelsus, wrote of creatures he called elementals that inhabited a state between the material and the immaterial and could marry and breed with humans. His four elemental spirits, the undines, salamanders, sylphs, and gnomes, were highly reminiscent of Al-Kazwini's aerial jinn. According to a Sufi tradition, Paracelsus was said to have possessed a powerful longsword with a jinn captured in its hilt. Jinn further penetrated Western culture after the first English translations of 1001 Nights in the early 18th century. These tales were first compiled in Arabic, drawing stories from Arabic, Egyptian, Indian, Persian, and Mesopotamian folklore. Even the famous French novelist Victor Hugo, author of Les Miserables, published a poem titled The Jinn in 1829. Over the course of the 19th century, Western writers shed the jinn of their Islamic associations and reimagined them as the wish-granting genies that we see today in Western media. Under the influence of Western materialism, many Muslims today have come to interpret the stories of jinn in a metaphorical sense. Nonetheless, in Pakistan, where around 96% of the country's population is Muslim. A 2009 public opinion poll found that 89% of respondents believed in the existence of jinn. 
but even those not raised to believe in the jinn have had encounters with them. David Morehouse is a retired remote viewer for the US military. In his book Psychic Warrior, Morehouse relates an event that occurred in the spring of 1987. He and other US troops were camped with Jordanian soldiers for training exercises in Jordan, in a desert valley called Baton el Ghul, which means Belly of the Beast. The Jordanian soldiers considered the region haunted by jinn, and some had even seen them. While there, Morehouse was accidentally shot in the helmet, leaving a large bump on his head. Morehouse describes waking that night to a surreal light outside the tent that he likened to an eclipsed sun that lit the night sky and bathed the surrounding hills in a strange bluish-gray light. He walked out to a cliff to see the valley and saw dark figures gliding like apparitions around the groupings of tents. Cries came from the Jordanian encampment and Morehouse turned to run for help. As he sprinted away, he ran directly into one of the figures but passed clear through it only to turn around and watch the figure disappear over the cliff. Soon after, he found that the lump on his head was gone. In eastern Saudi Arabia, there's a region of salt flats in the desert that's notorious for hosting jinn. Journalist Robert Lebling spoke to an oil worker there who told him about a man he knew who had an odd encounter while attempting to take a shortcut across the flats. The truck driver and his assistant were hours into the flats when their truck broke down, so the assistant left to walk to the nearest town, while the driver stayed with the vehicle. After sundown, the driver started sleeping, but awoke in the night to two voices. After climbing down out of the truck, he was approached by a woman and a small boy she pulled close by her side. The woman was entirely cloaked in black and addressed the driver by his name asking him why he came there, telling him that the place was their home, admonishing him that he should never come again, and warning him that he'll pay for this sin. The woman then swiveled her head from side to side like a bird, yelled and cursed at him, then hit him in the chest so hard that she knocked him backwards and made him lose consciousness. The next morning, the driver awoke alone and found that he'd lost his voice, which he did not regain for weeks afterwards. In the year 2000, the Al-Fikriya Institute of Education, a girls' school located in the port city of Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, experienced a range of phenomena alleged to be due to a jinn haunting. Several of the teachers suffered fits and seizures, with one having a miscarriage. Teachers refused to return to the school while it was haunted and looked for jobs elsewhere. Skeptics claimed depression and job satisfaction simply led to mass hysteria. However, a Saudi cleric asked by authorities to investigate submitted his report to the educational government body stating that the school was inhabited by jinns. The prominent 20th century Muslim writer, Muhammad Assad, was early to note that the jinn could account for past encounters of supernatural beings like ghosts and demons. It's significant that not only do the jinn have much in common with the pre-Islamic traditions that they derived from, but that they have much in common with similar traditions of invisible people all around the world. Many other cultures in Asia, Africa, Europe and South America have traditions of nature-based little people that live alongside humankind. European Christians have long spoken of encounters with strange beings in the Middle Ages, 
that were variously referred to as fairies, lutins, and kobolds, among other names. Descriptions of jinn as light, vaporous beings strongly resemble descriptions of elves, fauns, fairies, and sylphs in Northern European folklore, specifically those described in a treatise by the Scottish Reverend Robert Kirk in the late 17th century. Similarly described spirit guardians are found as close as Ireland and Scandinavia, and as far away as China. Much like European fairies, kobolds, and leprechauns, the jinn were sometimes said to guard hidden treasures. Similar to the thieving house fairies of European lore, jinn were also said to steal objects and individuals. According to two hadiths, Muhammad recommended that people prevent evil jinns from stealing during the night by covering their utensils, tying up their water skins, and keeping their children close. He also claimed that the jinn feared iron, a trait that they shared with fairies in Scotland, demons in West Africa, and evil spirits in Sri Lanka. It's now known that iron produces a magnetic field, and that magnetic fields have a strong effect on plasma. It has also been established that poltergeist activity, hauntings, and even incidents of sleep paralysis are often decreased or stopped entirely when the victims keep electronics on, which also creates strong magnetic fields. As Robert Lebling concluded in his Legends of the Fire Spirits, Jinn and Genies from Arabia to Zanzibar, the Europeans have their elves and fairies, the Hindus their Ganas, the South Africans their Tokolosh, the Japanese their Kami. In fact, most if not all peoples of the world have their legends of nature spirits, little people, shapeshifters, and horrific demons. The Jinn have their home in one region, the Middle East, and are today roughly coterminous with the spread of Islam through Asia and Africa. But the existence of strikingly similar traditions across the planet shows us that we are dealing with something truly fundamental to and a significant part of what it means to be human. Writer and researcher Rosemary Ellen Guili even identified 17 traits shared between jinn encounters and modern alien abduction reports, suggesting some level of overlap between the two phenomena. For example, both are associated with poltergeist activity, and both types of beings are known to engage in telepathic communication and have eyes that witnesses describe as compelling and hypnotic. 21st century researchers have proposed that jinn are composed of plasma, the fourth state of matter. Professor of nuclear medicine at the University of Louisville and head of the Islamic Research Foundation, Ibrahim B. Syed, speculated that plasma could be interpreted as the smokeless fire described in the Quran. Curiously, jinn are sometimes described as being hairy. One account compiled from various sources holds that King Solomon married a woman born from a jinn mother which Solomon confirmed when he saw the hair on his new bride's legs. One scholar writing in 1894 found jinn were described as more like beasts than men, while another scholar in 1908 described jinn as hairy beings. Various Arabic folktales describe ghouls as wild, hairy, and filthy. In 2006, a foreign correspondent with The Economist reported that many in the town of Shitral in northern Pakistan considered the Yeti to be jinn. This suggests that the Yeti and other cryptids are part of the same phenomenon as jinn.
From the ancient Assyrians to the 6th century CE, the people of the Middle East and the Arabian Peninsula have developed a belief in powerful invisible spirits that influence the lives of humans. The Quran, the Hadiths, and generations of Muslim scholars have combined these beliefs with Greco-Roman folklore to create what we now know as the Jinn. But for all the unique abilities and characteristics ascribed to the Jinn, they may be more interesting for how much they have in common with similar spirits, gods, and even extraterrestrial visitors posited in different cultures. By other names, the Jinn are nearly universal. YouTube censorship and deprioritization are forcing channels like ours onto alternative platforms. Find Think Anomalous videos on Dailymotion, Odyssey, BitChute, and Rumble, and search for us wherever you consume content. Think Anomalous is created by Jason Charbonneau. Music by Josh Chamberlain.